Hey everyone, welcome back to Bryn Moves the Podcast. Bryn here, I'm so happy that you are jumping in and joining me. Um, I just want to remind you guys, if you ever want to connect, you can find me at Bryn Moves, B-R-Y-N-N-M-O-V-E-S on Instagram. Send me a DM, let me know how uh, each show and each episode each week is you know, helping out your uh, growth in your business or your personal growth and development journey. I want to hear your um, new habits that you're building. And if you're feeling inspired and motivated, I always want you guys to feel good after you listen to the show. So send me a message. Let's connect. I'm super glad that you're here today because I brought on a special guest, my friend, Sandra Dowd, who is a licensed clinical mental health therapist. And um, she actually lives in Florida, but I met her, uh, we met um, through a coaching group. And I actually just met her in person for the first time a couple weeks ago when we went on a retreat together. But we've been like so connected. It felt like we knew each other because we've been in a coaching experience together and moving through um, this women's group together. And every time I hear her share, I learn so much from her. And I'm so um, just curious about all the topics that she talks about and the knowledge that she has. And so I was like, please, you have to be a guest on the podcast everyone will love to hear from you. And she really goes um, deep into this idea of inner healing intelligence and finding our strengths and healing our nervous system through trust and through commitment to our practices. And um, she talks about that mind, body, spirit connection and just healing to reach an elevated experience in our lives. And it's just like, she has so many good tools and so much great and interesting information. So Stay tuned in all the way till the end and don't forget to share this with a friend. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Hi friends, it's your host Bryn. Welcome to Bryn Moves, the podcast. I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach, yoga instructor, dancer, and wellness entrepreneur. Let's go. I'm on a serious but super fun mission to inspire and empower lives. We're here to chat about wellness and fitness, as well as some tools for shifting your mindset so you can live your best. I hope you feel motivated to dive into your own unique and powerful wellness journey after listening in. So whether you're listening from your car, on a walk, food prepping, or putting on your makeup, turn up the volume and tune in for some serious motivation and inspiration. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Bryn Moves, the podcast, my friends. Glad that you're here today listening in. I brought on a really special guest, so I'm so excited. Before I introduce her, please don't forget to subscribe and rate this show. Send it to a friend who needs to hear it too. I love when people send me a good podcast, so do your friends a favor and copy and paste the link to them in a message as well. So my friend Sandra Dowd here today. She's a licensed clinical mental health therapist. That's a title right there. And I'm so happy that I could bring her on. So, hey, Sandra. Hey, Bryn. A fellow Michigan, a Michigander, <laughs> my Midwest girl. My girl. <laughs> yes. So, um, Sandra, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people uh, who you are besides that really awesome job title, like who are you really? And like, where'd you come from and and what do you do? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I feel really blessed and thankful that I get to do this with you and play on your podcast. Um, yeah, I'm a therapist. Um, I based in Asheville, North Carolina, and I have been working primarily with young people, teens, adolescents, and young adult population for um, the better part of probably 10 or 12 years in direct care, um, and then became a therapist over uh, probably two years ago. So, been working in mental health for a long time and um, getting to interact with families, um, people who love the clients that are in the office or receiving treatment or health services and um, just getting exposed to a lot of different modalities and integrative techniques that can support a human 
feeling healthy and well in their life and uh, moving on into like greater independence for themselves, carrying uh, a lot of times carrying a lot of burdens and like unburdening themselves and picking up like passions and self-love, self-esteem, and then stepping into like a lot of skill work. And so um, I would say primarily I work with like trauma, uh, people who have trauma, um, attachment wounds, uh, either with themselves or other people and, um, have like experienced, um, a pretty strong impact on their nervous system, their body, and are, um, really in need of like some soothing, some connection, some safety in order to feel comfortable stepping back into themselves and what they really want for their lives. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing all of that. I love to listen to you talk. I, I asked Sandra to be a guest on here. And at first she was like, I'm a little bit nervous to do that. Like, what do I talk about? And, you know, sometimes it's funny because when we talk about the stuff in our profession, like every day, mm-hmm. sometimes we think it's just like basic knowledge because we talk about it all the time. And then I'm like, are you joking? You have so much to share. Like every time I hear you share, I learn something new and I'm like, what's that? What does that mean? What does that do? How do you figure that out? Like you just have this like wealth of healing knowledge and your voice is just so like soothing too. I just love the care that you put behind the work that you do. Um, Mm. For the listeners, Sandra and I met in a program with our coach, Leela, who I've had as a guest on the show a couple of times before. So you guys have heard from her. If you haven't go back and listen to those episodes too, cause they're like incredible. Right. Um, and you know, Sandra and I were just on a retreat together in Florida and we took like this long beach walk and we always bond. Cause we're like the two Michigan girls. And we, we love to talk about our relationships and just like different stuff we're moving through in our lives. And we just really connect. We had this awesome like movement embodiment practice we did together, which was really connecting. And I just thought you yes. have to be, yeah, it was so good. Right. I'm like, you have to be mm-hmm. on this show on Bryn moves, the podcast to share all of this amazing goodness that you share. And so you mentioned, um, something about trauma and you, you were talking, um, to me before about this like inner healing intelligence and this idea of inner, inner healing and, I just love the way that even sounds like inner healing intelligence. I'm like, I don't even know (laughs) what that means, but I like the way that it sounds. So, (laughs) Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, yeah, those memories we've built have been great. I, I believe that, so the inner healing intelligence is, um, it's just a way I think to recognize some people call it our intuition, our, um, our higher self. Um, and sometimes I think I just don't want to, want to like keep people grounded in the fact that everything that you have to heal yourself is within you. You don't have to go anywhere else outside of yourself higher up in, you know, higher, almost higher, higher self sometimes even indicates like, it's really central. It's inside of you. It's your core. And, um, and maybe sometimes also we're talking about maybe a more spiritual component and to look at it more holistically, inner healing intelligence, our mind, our body, our spirit, the very cells of our, uh, of our makeup all are striving to heal ourselves and to move ourselves towards an enrichment and an elevated experience as humans. And so to me, um, you know, oftentimes maybe what I like to call it is like trauma can present this other part of ourselves that I would call just the false self, a place where we're standing, where we're functioning from that instead of saying, I want to live my best life, just subtly or without us really realizing, all of a sudden we're living this life called protect the hurt or um, keep away the fear. And, um, And we build in these ways of living and functioning that ultimately are from that place rather than, um, 
or what I would say is like the voice in our, in our mind or our heart or the uh, cells of our body that naturally want to heal themselves are just quieter. And how do we like tap in to like listening to that part of ourself, that inner healing intelligence that's already knowing, but already has a desire to take the next step, knows what that next step is and has to override that nervous system that's keeping us protected. But we know that it's like for the greater good. Mm, That's so interesting to me. Is it okay? One, when you said, um, something about ourselves, like you said, mind, body, and spirit, and the cells like kind of all coming together, like seeking that healing and that, um, elevated experience. I pictured like the cells in our body, literally like shaking into like formation almost of like (laughs) this bright, like (laughs) inner light of like inner healing where even like the vibration of your like inner cells are like coming Mm -hmm. into alignment of like healing and that created like this beautiful imagery in my head of like what inner healing means just by you saying that word cells and picturing it all the way down to like a vibrational cellular level of healing. Like Mm -hmm. that's really, really interesting and probably a super important piece of the work that you do as a therapist, like with your clients and, um, when protect the hurt and, and keep away the fear. This is kind of something that I feel like has come up on some of my previous episodes in, in a different way. And so I like that you use this different wording of like protect the hurt and, and keep away the fear. Is that kind of like ego related or would that be similar to like your ego? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's my, my mindset is, um, is kind of set around, like, I don't really care what language we use as long as it makes sense to you as a person. Um, like if you're a C-suite executive, who's like nervous before your big presentation to your company, if you're a mom trying to coach your, your kids through a morning routine, um, like there's all kinds of different anxieties and things that we carry in our life. And, um, I, I just care about people finding the languaging that's important to them. Um, and so I do think it's, you know, ego can be a word for it. Um, subconscious sometimes can come into play. Like oftentimes we're not um, functioning consciously from these places. We've just adopted them because they're the best adaptive skill to get through what we've been through. And then it no longer really serves. And that's usually when people start to experience dis-ease in their life, tension in relationships, their bodies start reacting and having like signs of illness or upset Um, and, and paying attention to those signs and symptoms can just be really indicative of like what your body, your mind, your heart needs. Even like what you said about like the cells vibrating, like Bryn moves as a podcast, like that actively getting it, getting it out of your system, like moving your body to a place where it can heal and shift and get into a better alignment with itself. Um, there's like this active movement and stillness that we, some people are crazy busy or frozen and stuck on their couch. Um, there's always like that moment where you can just tap in and listen to yourself, um, and see what it is you need. Mm, I like that idea of finding the in-between how it's not just one way or the other. Some of, some of us are moving too much. Some of us are not moving enough. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that. And, uh, you said something just now that stood out to me too. And, you know, I like that. I, I thank you for bringing that connection to Bryn moves the podcast. Cause yeah, it is, it is about, um, all the pieces coming together. And you said dis-ease. And I think that is such an interesting way to present that word because it's also the same word word and spelling as disease. <laughs> and yeah, that's a, a kind of an eye-opening way to w- say and pronounce that word because 
the idea of dis-ease and being, um, like you said, having some stuff come up in your physical body. That's a reflection of your mindset, a reflection of your heart space, a reflection of your trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally creates inflammation and actual disease in mm-hmm. our bodies and manifests in all these different ways, right. In our skin and in our bodies and, um, mm-hmm. c- comes out and shows itself physically. Um, and mm-hmm. that's like, I think what you're kind of saying, that idea of starting to really listen to the body too. And I think that's something we focus a lot on too, with our coach was like, not mm-hmm. working from the neck up and like trying to brain our way through everything, but also working through the body and allowing mm-hmm. the body to speak up and to actually feel, which kind of comes back to what you were talking about earlier, that inner healing intelligence. I like how you used the word intuition for it. And that's really relatable to, to me. Like when you said intuition, I'm like, Oh, I get that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'd love to come back to that. Like, um, what are some ways that you really encourage your clients and people to start that journey of listening to their body or, you know, cause for some people, I feel yeah. like that's completely a foreign concept or it's uncomfortable. Or if you've just never done it, you've never trained your Mm-hmm. yourself to work that way where you're like actually able to tap into that like where do you sort of begin or what is what are the tools or the process of that yeah I'm just like noticing my body's like <laughs> getting excited talking about this right now um I mm, so if we go with like dis-ease and then ease and like just resistance, like making, like things can just be hard, you know, um, whatever we're striving for, hopefully like we're striving for a life of ease and something that like flows naturally within our lives and going from somebody who is overstructured, you know, like pretty rigid and regimented in a business model, overworking, burnout, um, it can be hard to break out of that system and to create something that's more of an organic system, something like a body that has organs and a heart and a, you know, it's all functioning and the liver doesn't do what the heart does. Every meal have to like, make sure that different parts of our life are functioning in the ways that they're supposed to, to have the best flow. And so, um, the, the thing that I like to come down to is just boundaries. Um, and for a rigid person to create boundaries, you know, somebody who has like a really packed lifestyle, um, that can be like make room, like back up some of like deprioritize some parts of your, um, schedule where you can't really identify why, like, where does that part of your schedule connect with your values? is there like a reason why this part of your life takes up 70 or 80 hours of your week? And if it has 15 or 20 values associated to it, hopefully that feels awesome. Um, but you got to make room. So make some time to sit with yourself and check in, um, for the person who maybe is a little bit more like frozen or, um, has a little bit more of like a fluid lifestyle and really resist structure because um, there are reasons why they don't want to build that in. Um, Just again, like making room for a a time where you are going to sit up upright with yourself, whether that's in meditation or writing, um, building in, I think in in our work together, Bryn, that was like translated through masculine and feminine you know, how much of our feminine is just a little bit more fluid and kind of flopping out in areas and actively causing issues or where is our masculine over-functioning and how do we blend in this place? So creating like boundaries for ourselves, like boundaries are love. They are, um, the space that like where I stop and you begin. And hopefully that is like at a perfect meeting place. And when I have great boundaries, I'm kinder to myself. 
I take care of myself more, but then I'm like kinder in my relationships. I show up when I'm ready to show up. I'm more likely to lean in and be present. Um, and so it's hard to like shift some of that stuff, but I do think it comes back to values and making space. Yeah. Wow. That was a really, really cool answer. Um, I really like how you described boundaries as also deprioritizing. Um, like what an interesting concept to think about going through all the things that we spend time on. Like I always say like the gardens we water, like what you Mm. water will grow. (laughs) And so like, what garden are you watering? You know? And, um, that's such a cool idea to sit and go through each of the things we're spending time on in our day, in our week, in our months, in our years, like breaking it down and asking ourselves, like you said, where does this like connect to my values? And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think we'll realize that probably some of the stuff we're doing at all connect to our values. And I've really learned there's a big difference between being busy and being productive. Mm, And sometimes we confuse the two and we think, oh, if I'm really busy and I'm doing a lot, um, that that's sometimes a way to avoid that. Like you said, um, that Mm -hmm. idea of sitting with yourself, sitting, sitting up by yourself and being honest about, Uh, where this stuff aligns in our Mm -hmm. lives and, you know, boundaries, I think is an interesting concept for a lot of people, especially people who are busy and especially people who, um, who are parents. Like I notice a lot of my clients that have kids are especially, and then a lot of my clients that are women are especially the ones who, who are feel challenged men too. But, um, you know, I hear a lot of women say that one of the things they want to do is be able to set better boundaries. And sometimes I think people just don't even know where to start with that. And so like, what a cool idea to be like, start with by going through your daily dues and your weekly tasks and your mm-hmm. monthly commitments and be like, things doesn't even actually align with, like, um, you said earlier, like your higher self for your Mm -hmm. better, that better, more high vibration version of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the things that was coming up as you're talking is just like thinking of the mom or the, um, the giver, um, the person who is prioritizing, um, another person in their life and, um, or a number of people in their life, whether that's a team, a family, um, transgenerationally, you know, um, their parents, um, that those are, those are things that link to our values. And I remember for me, um, it was really hard to be like, what do you mean? Like, where I don't know what you're talking about, like what boundaries, like, I don't understand where the problem is because a lot of it came from like transgenerational learning. Like I learned certain things and functions that, um, I had a really hard time picking up on. Cause I just learned it at a really, really young age, or I witnessed my mom or my dad function in that particular way or other people. And I didn't realize that, um, that I was getting my information before I really had language to like describe what it like, Oh, that that's about, like, I didn't even know the challenge that. And it took a lot of like healthy people in my life, like keeping my close circle, like, um, informed. I'm like, please tell me like, when you see me struggling with a boundary, because that's like, and I, the people who I could trust and care, you know, knew care about me could tell me like, that's an area where you might want to think about giving a little less. How interesting that Um, somebody could maybe like take you out to eat and then you need to like give them like three or four different things in order to compensate for that gift that they gave you. Um, or like even just ask yourself reflectively, like what you give to other people, like what if you just kept some of that for yourself and for your heart and for your nurturing so that you could continue to give that without becoming so depleted. Um, and as a mental health person, I think that sometimes depression can be synonymous with depletion and energy sourcing and not filling back up that tank. 
That's really good. That's deep. I mean, we even talked about that the other week on the show. I had my friend Shantani as a guest again, and we were talking about um, that good old saying of, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I've always said, like, you fill from your overflow. And it's so funny how this comes up. And it's almost like a little cliche because it comes up all the time. But it's also like, so true. Like you just said it again in a different, like beautiful way of you seeing that depletion being linked to, um, you know, those mental states of depression or anxiety in mm-hmm. you work with and, and people, we really have to figure out what filling our cup looks like to us. And I like how you said, sometimes it's not doing something. And I like how that connects to the boundaries. It's not always go do more, put more on your plate. It doesn't mean you have to go do something. Cause a lot of times we think of self-care filling our cup as like going to do something. And sometimes it's like doing nothing or like doing less or like thinking about something and being like, I'm not going to do that. And that's like mm-hmm. saving the energy tank and giving it a chance to refuel through rest or through mm-hmm. sleep or through meditation or through stillness. Um, mm-hmm. if you are someone who lives a fast paced life like me, <laughs> I yeah. definitely can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the biggest symptoms, like kind of walking people down that road a little bit farther of like, okay, so you set some time, you did the exercise of like clearing space, you're doing less, And, um, my first reaction, and I think you experienced this with me in the coaching was like, I got really bored and really agitated. (laughs) Like I got, I was like, Oh, I'm bored. And like, now like there's nothing interesting going on. And, um, when we start to like downshift our nervous system and tell it like, Hey, it's okay to not be doing all the time it, our like mind and our um, brain is going to be like, no, no, that like kept us safe. It kept us from feeling our feelings. It kept us from like processing certain emotions that we were scared that maybe we couldn't handle. Fun fact, you can believe in you, like use your skills. And, um, and that like experience of just going like, okay, just know it's going to be uncomfortable at first. And, um, try not to get too discouraged by those initial feelings of discomfort or boredom or agitation. Those are actually like pretty good information that you're on the right track and you're making room for creation, creativity. And actually like our brain really loves to create it. Actually, that's one of the ways that it heals itself is jumping up into our prefrontal cortex, playing, having fun. Um, and then like jumping into a new pattern, um, a like research study. Um, I'm going to totally like, I hope I don't, I'm like accurate with my research study, but like what I've heard is like, it takes like hundreds of repetitions upwards of like four to 800 repetitions of something to do, create a new neural pathway and a new habit that you can have long lasting. Let's say that's like meditation or, um, I don't know, healthy eating habits if you can make it fun and do it through play, it takes seven or eight rounds of repetition to create a new neural pathway. And so play and creativity and having fun while doing something actively overrides this, like it's going to take forever kind of mentality of trying to create new habits. And so my goal is always to try and hack the system with fun and laughter and play as much as possible and remind adults that like, adulting does not have to mean like responsible obligations and like being a fun, playful adult and bringing that to the forefront can actually create a healthier life. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like how you learn better when you movement to memorizing something, like when you put it into me versus just in your brain. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I learned that in like getting my bachelor of fine arts degree with a dance major and like teaching small kids that did like dance at school. And a lot of it, we would relate to the lessons that they were learning in their classroom. Mm -hmm. And then we would create movement that had to 
whatever they were learning in science at the time or in English at the time. And we would put the lessons with the movement and it would just like really ingrain it into their brain because like you said, it was fun and it was exciting and their whole body was aligning with it building that like Mm -hmm. muscle memory versus just, um, trying to etch the things into, you know, just sitting there. And I feel like it's like that same concept as an adult, like we can ease up and allow ourselves to have fun, allow ourselves to experience those moments of retraining our brain and re I would say like rerouting the GPS, um, by making it something creative and making it something exciting that's why I think our embodiment practice, like as women, where we move in a nonlinear way and move freely with your eyes shut. And, you know, like, I think that type of movement and moving feelings through our body is such a great practice because it's like this whole visceral experience versus like just in the head. And for me, whenever I can get out of my head and into that, like visceral experience and actually feel that stuff through my body it's impactful like I feel a thousand times better a thousand faster um just doing that movement um mm-hmm. so like for me that's a practice that comes to mind when you say like bring movement or bring fun or bring um creativity into into the rewiring yeah yeah and that practice that we've done together and like on our own time um it's just like an example that's just one example of like turning like I would encourage my child to move their body <laughs> like giving that to myself and saying I'm gonna give myself time to move my body and um tap into like what it's feeling and allow everything to be okay. Like allow every emotion or sensation or whatever to like be allowed in the way it's expressed and hold myself, nurture myself through that. And, um, and then at the end of it, like rather than discrediting it or, um, trying to somehow move it aside and move back. Okay. I did it. Cool. I'm going to move back into my life, like really building it into that. And then just like saying, thank you to yourself for doing that. I find is really profound. Um, it's like very simple practices of what do we give ourselves? And then do we actually receive it after we've done it for ourselves? Um, do we say thank you to ourselves? Do we say, I'm glad I did that. Um, do we write it down in our gratitude journal or whatever? Yeah. It's sort of like the integration of it. Like, did I integrate it into my life after (laughs) doing the practices versus there's a big difference between checking things off of a checklist. Like, Oh, did did it, did it, did it like check like, uh, because we said like wrote it and it's on our to-do list. There's a big difference between checking things off the list and actually doing them in a way where then like you said, show gratitude for it, let it soak into our life, um, mm-hmm. and let it integrate into the other actions, words, thoughts, uh, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I always say that when I'm teaching yoga, like when people are on their mats and we have this really good intention or everybody's sweaty and really feeling class and feeling the movement in their body and connection of the breath to the body. And I always say at the end, like, how take this, like what you learn, the things you learned about yourself, the way you connected to yourself, the intention that we set for the last 60 moments on our mat, as you were moving, how can you take that out of these four walls off the four corners of your mat and out into your actual life and let these intentions run through or let what you learned about yourself during this time, run through how you work today, how you speak to your kids today, how you feel your body today, how you, how you react to traffic today in LA, right? (laughs) Like, you know, like how can you use the breath? Like where else can you use this breath? Even if you aren't barefoot on a yoga mat in some sweaty leggings, you know, and that's kind of that same idea. I think just, um, 
you know, it's kind of like when you go to church too. And it's like, don't just go to church and be like, I'm a good person. Cause I went to church, checked it off my list. It's like, no, like mm-hmm. you're learning. How can I take these lessons and use them, um, and, mm-hmm. and share them? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, some of the, you know, the therapists that I mostly, I most identify with and agree with is that, um, I don't want to call myself a therapist forever. Like I actually, like my goal is to work myself out of a job, um, is to provide people with, um, a space to be held, um, to receive some buffering or some shaping to this inner healing intelligence that they have coming up and then help them find a place for it in their lives so that they can go out into the world and do their thing and like bring what they have to the table as a person and have it shine out in every part of their life. And, and then I can just be called an integration specialist or, um, you know, help people with figuring out these life path experiences. Um, because it, it is the thing I think that in our culture can keep us addicted to the, you know, rather than going to the retreat space, stripping down all of the, you know, we want to be able to just get rid of the din of the, of noise and life and stuff that doesn't really matter to really tap in and then ask that question that you're asking of what, what's really important to me. And in those spaces, you're providing that area for that inner healing intelligence to bob to the surface with less distraction. And then when you go back into your apartment or your space, what's the stuff that agitates you? Like, what do you want your home environment to look like? What kind of conversation do you need to have with your partner about not controlling the home space, but rearranging it so that if you really care about being mindful um, and walking through your house and feeling like it, it holds the best possible you, you know, um, maybe you need to get rid of X, Y, and Z, um, and, and make it sure it's not like right in your face. Um, that way the integration, um, and the medicine from the yoga experience and the, the connection time from the retreats, all of that stuff comes forward and is just consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think matching our external environment to our internal environment is is key. And and eventually I think your external just becomes a reflection of your internal environment and a little bit vice versa, right? Like kind of like if you have a really messy space, it's going to be harder to focus and I bet if you cleaned up a little bit, you could just have a little bit more focus, you know, and, and then vice versa. If you look around at your exterior space, it can be a reflection of the work that you might need to do, um, you know, on Mm -hmm. the inside. And one of the things I really was thinking about while you were saying all this and, you know, you've mentioned like, it can be scary or it can feel hard or it can feel like uncomfortable, right? Like this, the, you know, sitting down with yourself and getting real about what, what's really important to you and getting rid of the, the trauma or, or I don't know if you get rid of it, but learning how to, um, respond to your triggers or learning how to, um, heal from attachment wounds you have and come to a more secure attachment space. Like if all of it is so seems scary and seems uncomfortable, then sometimes people might be like, well, why would I do this then? Like, why on earth would I, would I do this instead of just like continuing on the way that I am? And I think the question, one of the main questions we have to ask ourselves is what's the cost of not doing this? Like, what's Mm -hmm. the price I pay if I don't do this work? If I don't Mm -hmm. sit down with myself and set better boundaries, if I don't sit down and work through my trauma, what's the price I pay if I don't do it? And then that makes it a little bit more clear of like, why we should sit down, like why I need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely 
you know, my own work in progress and, um, or in, in process. And, um, I'm definitely, I was definitely like that person who was like the hardcore working warrior who also had like that martyr complex of like, I'm so tired. And that's like a badge of honor about how much I've given. And, um, and so, um, there's a lot to like learn from the, those mindsets and the ways that we've like been really resilient with what we've, um, you know, the hand we've been dealt in this life. And, um, and, and I do come back to just those simple principles of like the body will tell you what it's ready to move through. Um, and that like cracking yourself open and forcing something um, on it, like into your life and like is not to me like the while we really want change and we really want to experience the full scope of our um, true nature to be really gentle and that like cracking that stuff open while like you can feel like there's gonna be a you know there's a big piece of me that's ready to like open up and to move that's different than um, really like hammering something in or like making it happen and do, and like kind of, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you can't like beat yourself up into self-love sort of thing of like, you know, it's so important that people, um, check in with themselves. And, um, I, as a professional, I trust you to take the step that feels right for you as the person who's living your life. So, um, it's, it's one of those bits of like, it's so important that you take the steps you need to in your life to get where you want to be. Um, I'm just here to encourage you to trust your body that it's going to tell you what it's ready for. And then allow yourself to move through that because there have been times where I was like, why am I doing this? And, uh, and all of those thoughts do come up. And then I just go, I'm going to move that through my body. I'm going to keep feeling that feeling. And and whatever's meant for me will happen. And so that kind of trust in ourselves is not something that we're conditioned to in, I think, our culture here. We are kind of taught to um, listen to the doctor, the, you know, the professional first, and um, how much, even just for women, you know, how empowering is it to be like, I spoke up and I said what my body was feeling and my doctor or my professional, like listened to me and like validated that and went with what I said. And then I added their, um, input to that and went with it. And, and I felt so much safer engaging in my healing experience because of that. Um, yeah, I, I like how you said, um, that you can't force, like, it's not about forcing it. Cause I think that's something we really focused on in our program. We did together too, you know, as we moved through some coaching together was that the, when, you know, coming back to that idea of masculine and feminine that you were mentioning earlier and definitely, um, you know, the feminine doesn't want to be rushed and can't be rushed and can't be forced or tugged or pulled or pushed. And that's, uh, something I really had to learn was like to move more slowly, like to just move slowly and give myself the, the time to change and the space to change and not get frustrated when things just didn't, you know, change right away. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff that I feel like I've personally been moving through and, and kind of, um, I guess you can say trying to reshape some of my habits or my, my reactions, um, Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, I've been working on it for years and it's still such a slow process for some of these pieces. And it involves doing some work around trauma that goes way back to my childhood, you know? And so yeah, I've really learned that to try to just slow down and give myself a little more patience and um, like be able to let myself like, let that journey be a little slower. And it is definitely hard, uh, especially for someone who like, I have really high standards for myself, you know? And so then sometimes it can feel hard to 
to give myself the time to change because you're like, you just want it to happen <laughs> instantaneously. Okay. I did the thing like, and then all of a sudden that trigger comes in and the reaction happens and you're like, shit, like <laughs> I really <laughs> thought I was like working on this, you know? And so it's yes. like, yeah, coming back to that grace of being, I, I like, um, in one of Adele's new songs, she says, you can't fight fire with fire. And it's like, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a good, like, you can't fight fire with fire. Like, there's no, like, beating yourself into loving yourself or beating yourself up or shaming yourself into being better at these things. It's just like, we just have Mm -hmm. to take a, like, the steps one day at a time. And I always say, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll see what you're meant to see when you're ready to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And how awesome to like, you know, talk to your like inner, you have this, like you and I both have like this inner athlete of like, you know, got to get the move down or nail it or run the, run it this way. And, and that, and then also feeling like our inner coach, like the way that we encourage ourselves or nurture ourselves or guide ourselves through things, you know, we're learning how to do that with compassion and, um, curiosity rather than judgment. Um, I have like these five C's that I work through with people and always like ask them just to like, think about what we always think about, like what, like the two are that we do the worst rather than like, what are the two you do best? And like, I want to know because, um, it's curiosity, compassion, clarity, consistency, and calm. And if you can do those things, like drastically, um, changes the way that we treat ourselves, the way that we, um, function with like generous assumption with other people, um, and viewing like this person's probably like most people are decent, like fairly decent humans and like probably going through something. And like, what if I treat myself as mostly decent and like going through something and trying to do that. And, um, that like voice that I was hearing as you were talking about like shit, uh, and like, it's usually like, why can't I this or what, how come? Eh? And, and then I'm like, why don't you answer that question compassionately? Like lean in with some curiosity and say, why can't you do that? And it's like, well, because I was really like criticized in my life, like over and over again. And it taught me to like, if I wasn't perfect, don't do it at all like, or, um, don't come back and and show yourself or be seen unless you're ready to demonstrate a product. And, um, and like, and then I said, wow, okay. Like I'm teaching myself how to just be myself and be safe showing what I have to offer the world without any of that. Yeah. And just being human. (laughs) I'm teaching, I'm just teaching myself how to be human. human. That's it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just allowing myself, giving myself permission to not be a robot, you know? Um, yeah. What beautiful lessons. I mean, this is like, this has been one of my favorite conversations I feel like I've ever had on my podcast. I just really love everything that you shared. And those five C's that you shared are super important because, you know, I do like the idea in the assumption that people are doing the best that they can. And then if you come from that place of compassion, but you really, Mm -hmm. it really is hard to offer other people grace or forgiveness. If you do not offer it to yourself, you have no idea what that feels like. And the, the ability and the capacity to even offer that to someone else completely diminishes when we don't do it for ourselves on a, on a daily basis through our practices and, and through, um, our work through our own stuff. And so, yeah, I think that is super important in our communication with other people and our work that we do alongside, um, other people. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Gosh. Oh, I love everything that you said. This is, this is so, um, so special. Thank you for sharing all that. I don't know if you have any final thoughts that you want to like wrap up with. Um, Mm-hmm. And also, and also share how people can find you, whether that's your email or on social or a website or whatever, wherever people can go, if they just want to connect with you, um, further have questions or want to give you a shout out. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is, this has been lovely to everything that you're saying and, um, what you have to offer. I just find like really valuable and, um, it's just like, 
so important. I think that people validate their experience that they're having um, in the life that they're living and to really stay present with that from a space of like resilience, you know, everything that um, we go through in this life is teaching us something and it's okay to like, be like, ah, does it have to be this lesson? And like, and like get out. Like I always encourage people just like have five minutes of like really going into it and vent it out and get it done and then come back to yourself. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, like, I can do this and like come, you know, find the people that uh, feel best to supporting you and encouraging the mindset that you want to have and um, embrace the like intentions that you want to bring to your life. So, um, I am, you can find me. It was an interesting question. Like, where can you find me? I am a worker in like a private sector, uh, in independent living, uh, for young adults. And so I'm not taking clients, um, currently outside of that. Um, but in my personal life, I love to like move my body, share, um, inner wisdom on social media on, uh, my handle is second star tarot. Um, that sort of like love and laughter of like Peter Pan and, uh, you know, second star to the right and straight on till morning and bringing your inner child to the surface. So you can find me there if, um, people want to reach out for, um, like coaching tips or tarot readings. And it's not a part of my therapist's life. It's just a part of like my, uh, hobby job and, um, being with people. So yeah, thank you for having me. Yes. You're so cool. Yeah. Get a tarot reading you guys, Sandra, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And you guys just don't forget to, um, subscribe, like rate, um, all the, all the functions and, uh, please share this with someone that, you know, would love to hear, um, all these tips and tools. This was such a touching show and such a great, um, experience to be able to have a professional like you and just such an incredible human like you on, who's just like, really, you really, really care about people. And I love everything you shared. So thank you. And, uh, I'll be here next week for you guys.